0: present time. It's their presence in the present.
1: Merry it's go time. Happy Hanukkah and Merry whatever holiday you celebrate. It's that time of year, boys. <laughs> you know what we're doing here on the Hexdrinkers podcast. It's our EDH secret Santa episode. Hey.
2: Woo! Woo. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, there was there were some blank stares oh, for a sec. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, shoot, I I didn't realize I was the only one who brought a present to the uh, the white elephant. Um, it's not a white elephant. Yeah, so we it do... is a
0: secret Santa. They're different. It's
1: uh, you know, Julian, we how we have you been recently? recently? Should we should we talk about have... Julian? <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm just very flustered at this. I don't even know what to say anymore. Um, but this is, we do this every year. We do this every year. People who have been listening for at least 365 days will have seen or heard at least one of these. Heard other it 365 ones. days ago. Yes. It, it's probably it's probably very close to about 365 days ago when the previous one came out uh, to the T. But yeah, we uh, we set it up. We do the little Secret Santa, and we each um, put forth a couple things that we would want in the deck. Sometimes that's oh, I want this certain. Uh, I want a certain color or something, I want a certain gameplay strategy, I want a certain lore consideration, but no matter what, we each kind of put forth those, we draw our names randomly, and then we set forth to making these decks. Uh, Last year we utilized completely cards that were all normal magic cards, but this year we've returned to the theme of making custom uh, commanders, at least, to helm these decks, which I'm always a fan of, it gives us a Mm -hmm. lot more leeway and a bit more creative space in terms of how we want to put things
0: together. Hey, I and, <laughs> I always love seeing people's wish lists for a commander, like what they wish was in the game, or like what they mm-hmm. wish was available to them. Mm-hmm. For sure,
1: yeah. It's and it's interesting too when people, if people are like very specific about what the command they want the commander to do, or at least I know I gave kind of a more broad strokes of just like what I want the deck to do and wanted to give, you know, I guess a bit more license to whoever whoever did my thing in terms of like what they want the commander to do. Um, I hope you gave more direction than
3: than last year, Julian. I didn't get you this time, but last time I think your direction was just one one counters and unspeakable symbol. (laughs) Well
2: that That was the only direction. (laughs) Sick, I think.
1: So uh I mean that's fair enough. I did I did really like that deck though. Um and then uh but yeah no I I Actually, I don't fucking remember what I put. It doesn't matter. Someone will someone will let me know though. You're about to find if I, out. If I fucked up, or not. <laughs> I'm about to find out. <laughs> All right. Well, let's 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 just get into it. Mm-hmm. Who wants to Who wants to
0: start? I'd love let's to start. go first because we, at a minimum, have to scroll past me to get to Jeff.
2: Excellent. That's we'll go in no enough. order. We'll <laughs> that sounds great.
3: <laughs> okay. Well, I, what yeah, do we what, do? Oak, Oak I seems interested in this one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I have great news. My secret Santa this year was Oakley oh
4: boy <laughs> actually that uh, means you are my secret Santa
0: yes <laughs> anyway um, Oak's wish on list all this year cylinders here. <laughs> Oak's wish list this year was the commander should be any color combination without red uh, Oak likes playing decks without red but struggles to build decks without red and so this would just sort of be a twofer to have a new commander outside of that that was specifically built for his playstyle as well as uh, getting sort of the benefits of uh, someone else doing the deck building for him. Uh, deck, he wanted resiliency. He wants to be able... We, we all know Oak. Oak wants to play Arch Enemy and win. <laughs> Oak wants to be recognized as the threat, play through it, and still come out on top. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oak is also asked to exclude infinite combos, uh, which I think, I think we That's all nice would have done anyway. But... Yeah. Uh, Those are sort of the general play lines that he's asked for. Uh, I've got the Moxfield deck there, if anyone wants to copy it. But first, let's get to the commander. I decided decided to go with a black-green commander. Uh, It is a legendary creature, spirit cleric. Mm -hmm. Uh, One, two black, and a green for the casting cost. It has reach. Tapped creatures you control have undying. And X tap, tap X untapped creatures you control. Each opponent loses X life. You gain X life.
2: Hmm. All right. All
0: right.
3: So we, we, we continue the tradition of Oak playing with cards that are clearly meant for dumb combo things and then just not using them for combo.
0: <laughs> yeah, you could certainly get i I'm, of I'm imagining how up.
3: many black creatures are tap sacrifice this creature. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> you could probably do some pretty dumb stuff with that. But fortunately, Undying sort of inherently prevents too many loops. Mm-hmm. But if you start getting, you know, like Hydrax Tower Scout and a couple of things in there that untap creatures as well as letting them tap, uh, y- you can get into some pretty dangerous stuff. <laughs> but we didn't do that. We did what Oak wants. <laughs> we, we became the arch enemy and we won. So draining life from all other players at the table and sort of setting yourself up on that pedestal is something we've seen Oak do before. And it's it, it sort of sets that precedent for the arch enemy status. When you take 10 life from everyone and you go up to 50 and they're, you know, maybe down at like 30 or 20, and all of a sudden it, it sets this like, you are the big bad. But it also offers the benefit of, you know, you've got this sick-ass board, you're in a really strong position, someone casts Wrath of God, Tap four, tap your commander, all those creatures now get undying, they're all gonna be mm-hmm. back as soon as the wrath resolves, mm-hmm. and you get any death triggers or anything like that from them.
4: I'm taking notes, uh, by the way, sorry, if anyone sees that <laughs> things I want
0: Things I, I want to you. say.
2: <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: Um, so, I really like that this commander allows us to protect our resources beyond creatures that just natively have tap abilities. Uh, It allows things to move in and out of the yard, to enable aristocrat game plans. If we do want to sack our creatures, it makes it so that, you know, we can sort of drag those resources out over a longer period of time. Uh, And additionally, we don't have to be afraid of attacking. As soon as any of our creatures swing, if they don't have vigilance, they get undying. Which, Which
4: in green and black, is not the the standard, for sure.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Eric did uh did you name
3: this commander yet?
0: Uh it is Farian Lord of the Lost, but that name is subject to change.
3: <laughs> well, I, I was just thinking it's it's a pretty sweet name and and the art you picked from um Peter Moorbacher, I think, of like a giant creature appearing from behind a tree. Uh like but appearing cuz you know, thin tree, large creature. Uh, it, it, it's a really cool, you know, um, essence that's kind of coming into it. I think that really helps sell the card more than the playtest Test version uh, that was being described uh, just a second ago.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, shout out to Peter Moorocker. I believe is the main artist behind uh, www. Why would I say the W's? Oh my god. <laughs> Angelarium.net. It's important. Uh, what, what am I fucking... HTTP
3: <laughs> 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 colon slash slash. <laughs>
0: uh backslash oh. by the way uh no but angelarium uh is this incredible website filled with these really like hauntingly like mm. creepy beautiful art pieces and uh was the perfect source for this sort of like creepy woods uh like very like golgari vibe of yeah this like reanimation plan um we all know oak has some favorite creatures They're big. They're mean. They do bad things to other people. They do very bad things. And this deck gets to run a fair number of them. Um, So the game plan is to ramp early and then use that mana to not just play big creatures, but keep mana untapped for our commander's activated ability. Because if we're not swinging and we need to be reactive, that'll be very important. Uh, Notably... We couldn't do anything with 1-1 counters because we have to keep our creatures available to get that Undying benefit. So some creatures were sort of cut off then and there, uh, which I think adds a really interesting deck building restriction of are there any creatures with Undying or like with 1-1 counter synergies that are just good enough to make it in. I didn't particularly think of any, but uh, yeah, the other notable part of the strategy was Elves. Elves Mm -hmm. tap for mana. Tap creatures have on dying it helps protect those as a mana resource it's something that you can occasionally run into if your deck runs a lot of mana dorks is that it's particularly fragile to board wipes and like early mass removal with a four mana commander who can keep all of them safe i think that adds a big layer of protection to help make sure those elves are pretty pretty good to run uh specific cards i want to highlight uh lathril blade of the elves makes a bunch of elves. <laughs> Nobody cares. Tap. Tap 10 untapped elves you control. Each opponent loses 10 life. You gain 10 life. Mm. Incredible. Yeah. It's got a tap ability. It taps other elves. We get to run a bunch of mana dorks who later can be used for burn if we find the opportunity. And those mana dorks are likely to stick around longer than usual because of the Undying triggers. So I really like lathroll in this deck. Uh, Oak, you know what's great to have Undying? Uh, uh, Wormcoil engine oh. and triplicate titan. Yes. <laughs> Those are both nightmare creatures yep. to have undying. Um, but yes, Woodfall Primus, also great to have undying yep. because now it never dies. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just here forever. Yep. So long as the commander's around. Yep. Uh,
1: Eric, um, if I could interrupt, uh, what what is the exact text on undying?
0: Uh,. If a creature dies and it does not have a 1-1 counter on it, bring it back with a 1-1 counter on it. So, if a creature has... Does it has... go
1: to its controller's control or its owner's control? Because I'm looking at Sepulchral Primordial, and I feel like maybe having some of my opponent's creatures also have undying dying for me would be pretty darn good as well.
2: Uh,
0: uh... I don't... No, and I, uh, if it is to its uh, owner's control, then I would probably change this to creatures you, like tapped creatures you own, have undying mm. to avoid like weird. It's under its owner's control,
3: or at least uh, persist is. So I'm assuming undying is the same text. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah so. Okay. Well, you that's know, unfortunate. Se- I mean,
1: Sepulchral Primordial is still a very good mm-hmm. card. I was just hoping we could get up to even more. <laughs> sure. an, an yeah, fan. real bummer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 true. As someone who might have to play against yep, this deck owner's in the control, future, I'm so fucking. I'm so upset.
0: <laughs> Tell you what, Sepulchral Primordial uh, dying though, you do still get that ETB again. That was another theme in the deck was really strong ETBs, so that when we get things back with Undying, we, we immediately get that benefit. Uh, Sarath Viper's Fang is another super strong card mm-hmm. in this deck that sort of falls on the earlier end of that curve that gives our tapped creatures Death Touch, which, if Undying isn't enough of an incentive to let them get in there unblocked, now they have Death Touch. <laughs> and they your opponent just kind of has to take this beating or take a horrible value loss on a block. And Undapped creatures you control with Hexproof, which adds that layer of protection whenever we're not giving creatures Undying. Um, Eric, are you running
3: something like a soul render in here um, that puts a minus one, minus one counter on each creature on the battlefield
0: when it ETBs? I am not, and instead opted to go with uh, one or two of the creatures that remove counters from uh, the board. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find one right now. Uh, A a card, by the way, that I think, Oak, you can add to... Your list of big boys that you really like. Mm -hmm. I think Elder Brain falls right in your traditional line of play. (laughs) It's very um, Italian in black. It's a very black version of Italian, I think.
4: Yes, yes, I like that a lot. And I like that it's a brain.
0: (laughs) That's kind of cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's okay. (laughs) super interesting. Uh, One last card I want to highlight before uh, we fully get into... Oats' responses and other people's comments about the deck. Um, Gerard Golgari, Literal Lord. Two black, two green. Zombie elf. Gets plus one, plus one for each creature card in your graveyard. Hopefully we're going to have some of those in there. Uh, One black and green. Sack another creature. Each opponent loses life equal to the sacrificed creature's power. Which, just more burn... Uh, Burn is mm-hmm. another strategy that Oak has definitely tried out before, and so this this really fits the bill. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if Gerard happens to die without having undying, uh, you can also sack a swamp and a forest and put him uh, back in your hand. So it's that continuous access to resources that really supports the uh, like the arch enemy style game plan.
1: That's actually kind of fucking nasty.
0: Yep. <laughs> anyway. All right hope you like the deck
4: yes um yeah so let me let me get my response and first of all just overall uh thoughts uh it's awesome it's so awesome uh hit literally every point that i was hoping for um and then some and i love how the way you, you sort of described this earlier that the like strategies sort of um feed into each other for this as far as the theme of resiliency goes so like first of all the, uh, the effect of tap creatures you control have undying I think is just genius and I don't know if you saw like Serith or got that inspiration from Serith and just or like from somewhere else but th- that's really cool and just taking sort of like a new I guess line of uh, or relatively new I think Li- or, like template of words and, and using it um, uh, because uh, it's I, uh, the deck is I love decks that aren't afraid to attack. I love decks that um, <laughs> you don't have to worry about I love I love decks where you just do the thing you're supposed to do and you don't have to worry about like like oh I, like I want to play decks where I can just play my commander and not worry about it dying if it dies whatever. You guys know that's why I love Millstrom so much. I know I want to play decks where I can just turn my creature sideways. I don't have to worry about hold it staying back or anything like that. That is this and um it, the, uh, it ties into the resilience theme in, like, multiple ways. Like, there's, uh, in the sense that you, you know, has a synergy with, like, gaining you life. And gaining life is something, another thing that just enables the sort of just, like, yeah, turn those creatures sideways. You know what? If someone swings back, I don't care. I got um, these things. And uh, the other f- big thing you worry about is, like you mentioned, uh, your, all your creatures dying. Uh, mm-hmm. So, having them uh, have uh, resiliency to Wrath of God uh, like effects, I, I think is just um, awesome. Um, I, I do I like how you made it uh, a spirit cleric, <laughs> almost uh, kind of like it provides a similar uh, form of uh, protection to your creatures as another spirit cleric that, that <laughs> I run in in almost every single one of my decks that's not in black or green. Um,
0: now you have a second one (laughs) just fill out the whole color pie with spirit clerics
4: it it very much reminds you of cauldron of souls which was one of like the last additions I put in my uh, recently created henzi deck uh, and I just I like that sort of effect a lot Uh, and it also reminds me of um, old marchessa who has a similar thing where all your something about giving your creatures undying Uh, that's a deck that I have brewed up a few times before uh, for similar reasons. Um, what else did I think was awesome? Uh, oh, yeah, um, minor thing, but I, I like how uh, this is sort of like, obviously it's templated in a more modern way. Uh, the, the tap, um, or sorry, each opponent loses X life and you gain X life as opposed to you gain the amount of life lost this way um respect for the fairness there and also the fairness (laughs) (laughs) in the sense that you're dealing damage to each opponent equally which is just something that i i feel like i tend to do in magic games really often is just try and like not knock a particular person out uh early on i'm not saying that like oh look at me i'm so virtuous it's just like (laughs) it's just always what's what's felt right to me
0: (laughs) that's how you play the game i understand
4: yeah so um It's cool that the effect sort of resolves around that. Um, Chev mentioned it, but I think the art you found or picked out for this is really sick. And, um, yeah, it's not red. So, yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Um, Oh my goodness. I I think that sums it all up uh, pretty well. Uh, I'm super thrilled with this, and I definitely love to uh, run it one of our game nights.
0: Hell yeah, I'm excited to see it in action. Uh, I will say, one card I forgot to highlight... Uh, Bolas' Citadel. Nightmare. Mm-hmm. Nightmare in this deck.
4: Yes, I remember, um, actually, it's something I forgot to mention. Oh, fuck. Is, um, this reminds me a lot of the, um, uh, G- Gjom, I think? G- or was it Gyoza? I forgot. Gilm, Gilm, Um, the mm-hmm. orc, or er, troll, the chef. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's running a lot of, like, the same cards I, I see or remember from that deck that are sort of themed around, uh, like, life gain, and or just having access to a lot of life. Um, I did have one... I need
0: you to guess where this mana base came from.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, oh, it... that's really funny, actually. Uh, uh, I sorry.
0: cut all the cards that are uh, that were, like, explicitly life gain based, yep. but uh, I, I did just steal your mana base. <laughs> nice. uh, that way I know that you would feel comfortable with the number of lands and the kinds of lands <laughs> in here. Uh, I, I think I mixed it up some, added a couple extra basics uh but yeah you're yeah, rocking look, 35 with two mdfc's
4: nice oh yeah i love to see that uh I, I noticed like all these lands are cool 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 and then it's just like ancient tomb like the one expensive <laughs> land i happen to own so yeah that that definitely falls into my comfort zone um and it is good you know in a deck where you gain a lot of life you want that buffer
1: <laughs> love cryptolith yeah. right in this deck too just an easy way to make sure that all creatures can literally tap. literally yeah. anything can tap yep Yeah. yeah
4: at any time that's awesome
1: and also love uh, Dread Return here too, like a, a free way to proc undying on three creatures as well as just doing something that we're already gonna do. Ah, oh, yeah, that's that's a good one. Also, I love that Warhammer art for that Dread Return. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I I really think this deck could be pretty filthy. I think you could make it even worse. Again, like I'm sure there's creatures that go infinite with this I mean, almost immediately but <laughs>
1: yeah I was going to say you could breathe on this and go
3: infinite I think
2: yeah Well that's the good uh, thing about
4: making this sort of commander for me Eric you know I'll never I'll never do that so you never <laughs> have to that's true. <laughs> Unless we just wait CD, for Julian
3: know. to slot it in the 99 and be like what? <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just
3: I think this is a a good commander and I always like ones that have abilities that kind of tie together um and thematically it's it's really cool, and I think you found a lot of cool ways to use existing cards with this new uh, framework.
0: Anyway, uh, the way we've done it in the past is now... Oak, who'd you have?
4: Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so um, if you guys would kindly open up my separate section of notes <laughs> to look at. Um, uh, yeah, so... No peeking. <laughs> um, the person oh. I had... Um, the person who I am the secret Santa for... Uh, this year is Julian. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I believe this is the Let's second time... Got, actually, I think this is the second time Eric got me too. So Yes, it is. We might have had the same rotation as our first Custom Commanders uh, year. Which, I, I think we did. Yeah.
0: I, I think we can confirm now that yep. that's what happened.
4: Yep. Cool. Alright. <laughs> so that's exciting. Um, but yeah, anyways, so um, starting off with the uh, sort of outline that I was given, uh, by Julian for this deck. Um, there's three points. Uh, the first one is the deck should be three colors. One of which is blue as expected out of, out of Julian, I'd say, uh, typical. <laughs> uh, and this time Julian is looking for a sort of battle cruiser theme. So I believe his words were, uh, it is his time to, uh, embrace the battle cruiser, big <laughs> dumb plays. Um, such as casting spells for free, having crazy combat turns, um, maybe something akin to the original Maelstrom deck, um, Ur-Dragon, in any of its iterations, or uh, perhaps even my new Henzi deck. And then finally, uh, nothing is off the table, uh, because Julian will do anything. (laughs) I
2: guess.
4: (laughs) Um, Unlimited power! (laughs) So... Uh, I'm just going to walk through the sort of thought process I had for creating this commander. Um, obviously, we're starting with blue. Um, if we're cheating things into play, uh, or if that's going to be sort of like a central theme of the deck, we're definitely going to need green. Uh, and with one color left, the last one's probably not going to be red uh, because we want it to be like Maelstrom, not Maelstrom. It should have its own lane. <clears throat> so, uh, the part that sort of stuck out to me from Dueling's prompt uh, was... I, I don't remember... I might be paraphrasing here, but cheating things into play, sort of just like, I couldn't get out of my mind. And uh, I was thinking about, uh, with that sort of terminology, thinking about a deck that I'd recently brewed up, a a uh, five-color semi-budget Jota deck that involves cheating things into play (laughs) Um, uh, as one of its sort of main themes. And uh, one card in particular in that is uh, the spell Primeval Spawn, whose first ability says something like, if this creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast, or no mana was spent to cast it, exile it instead. So, I like where we're sort of going with that line of text, but instead of having it be a downside, where it's like, you can't cheat this creature into play, what if it was a plus side, where (laughs) when you cheat something into play, you get um, a a benefit of some sort. Uh, So, broadening the, (laughs) uh, I guess, sort of definition of cheating things into play uh, I thought it best to include black as the sort of last color for graveyard shenanigans um, and Julian's aforementioned uh, I guess inspiration by the hensie deck. So with that um, we got to or I got to designing the actual commander itself so um, what I wanted this guy to be is sort of like <laughs> a mockery of how you're supposed to play Magic the Gathering. Uh which you know oh my as the um as the sort of classic expression goes, as Richard Garfield intended, this is a guy's doing everything or facilitating everything that Richard Garfield did not intend uh for the game of Magic the Gathering. And sort of um I, I thought oh sort of the best way to represent that since I knew like its ability was going to be something very impactful, it was gonna be a large creature, like big body um, something in the sort of, like, cosmic horror department seemed to fit the bill pretty well there. <laughs> um, something you, you know, you the sort of thoughts or mentality you might have when going up against this are uh, akin to, uh, uh, encountering a cosmic horror. <laughs> so, uh, what we have here is uh, Scaff, the Ether monstrosity. Uh, he costs three, a black, a green, and a blue. He's a legendary kraken horror, and his abilities are whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control if it wasn't cast or no mana was spent to cast it that line from Primeval Titan choose one um, put a vigilance trample or shield counter on that creature, that creature fights target creature and opponent controls or draw a card and lose a life then he has the final line of text if a creature you control would be put into exile from the battlefield shuffle it into your library instead I'll explain that in a minute. <laughs> so, that's the overall design. Uh, breaking that down a little bit, um, I wanted the commander to facilitate making a deck full... just loaded with giant, splashy creatures. Um, spells that you can use to cast them for free, uh, or put them out directly onto the battlefield from anywhere. Um, hand, library, graveyard, anything like that. Um, that seemed to fit into... or the most into the sort of uh, theme Julian was describing. So, um, as far as Primeval Spawn's abilities, um, I went through a lot of iterations trying to decide what's the most best but most unbroken way <laughs> to uh, use utilize its first uh, sort of whenever X enters the battlefield trigger uh, would be one thing I thought of uh, before settling on the sort of modal uh, approach was like creating a token copy of the creature, but like even that mm-hmm. seemed like a little t- bit like too Mirum. good. Yeah, um, I, I know Julian likes options in Magic, so and I, I don't know. I feel like everyone likes to modal abilities. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I so ultimately I settled on that sort of like with each ability pulling from potentially one of the colors. I feel like this is classic like modern Magic design. Um, I did encounter one sort of problem in this, in that I didn't want flicker effects to be used with this guy because I thought that would be a little bit too easy to abuse, and not having him in white sort of helped with that. But after I did a Scryfall tag search uh, for Blink, I discovered that there was actually a lot more blue ones than I thought. And who could forget? Uh, I, I did
1: not even think of <laughs> that part at first, so I, okay, now it makes more sense that while well, you've got some of these clauses in yep. here. Yeah, that'd be a little nasty. Yeah.
4: So, this is where the second ability comes from. Um, it is to prevent this form of synergy, uh, but it also, in, in some ways, I think benefits uh, the, the Timmy player that would be playing this, because when... I'm sure everyone knows when you get, like, especially, like, a Wincon con, or a threat, or a creature you love, exiled, feels kind of bad. Well, um, in addition to preventing them from being blinked if it gets hit by something like a path or a sword, rather than... Uh, being just, like, completely removed from the game. It goes into your library, which is a little bit... You know, it's it's more removed from the game than, like, going in your graveyard is. Because, mm-hmm. as we'll explore soon, uh, there are many ways to reanimate creatures out of your graveyard, but it's also not gone forever. You might be able to get it back later if you decide to build, like, a tutor deck or something like that. Maybe uh, you'll get that, too. Um, notably, this does not prevent the creatures... Uh, it's very specifically worded so that Uh, They can still be exiled if they're exiled from your graveyard. Um, For, like, a Bajookabog, for example, that Bogging someone's graveyard will remove those creatures from the game permanently. Um, But it also doesn't prevent creatures from coming back through effects like Cauldron of Souls, uh, Undying Persist, uh, Malakir Rebirth, for example. And I thought this all sort of fit into the mysticism of the, uh, like, sort of cosmic horror design. Uh, last but not least, I slapped five four power and toughness on this guy. Uh, I know Julian doesn't attack much anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, at least with this guy. This is my chance. I know dude I'm telling
1: you, this is my you, chance now I need to be.: punching. You'll have
4: plenty, trust me, you'll have plenty of creatures uh, that you'll want to be attacking with, but the commander's probably not one of them. I just wanted to have him have a big body that's under, still under race since mm-hmm. the uh, effect on the ability is so strong. Uh, you shouldn't.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's reasonable. Yep. I think that's fair enough. I'll accept mm-hmm. it.
4: <laughs> yeah, so moving into the actual deck itself, um <laughs> just to go over a few like categories of spells here, um we've got free stuff spells, uh everyone knows Sylvala Stampede, Genesis Storm, um a few ones that I've come to recently discover, uh the first one thanks to Eric, uh Majestic Genesis. Uh, Animato's <laughs> Augury which yep. uh, is a tu- yep. card I totally forgot was printed in that precon, and then um, Extract a Brain which I thought was just a neat like I-, I mean honestly it kind of felt like a Chev card to me but um, <laughs> in case no one's ever heard of this spell before it is X a blue and a black sorcery target opponent chooses X cards from their hand look at those cards you may cast a spell from among them without paying its mana cost so um, you know, if your opponent's got a full grip, you might have to pay a lot for that, but if you're playing against me, and, uh, I've got, like, two cards in hand, uh, chances are they're both good, so you just, you know, <laughs> take that spell, cast it, get one of these triggers. Yup. Um.
1: Oh, god, another card that I'm just like, what is, what set is this from? Probably Boulder's I think Gate. it's AFR.
4: <laughs> um. Son of a gun. Included a bunch of, uh, other ways, mostly enchantments, to, uh, or a lot, I guess, a lot of just enchantments that enable uh, cast or casting, or just otherwise cheating, putting stuff into play uh, from your deck or hand. Uh, one with the multiverse recently printed in Brothers War is basically a light omniscience. I did throw omniscience in here as well, but <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> you what? <laughs> Mind's dilation, uh, Eldritch Moon, which I used to run in my like one of my first, I think, Maelstrom Wander builds. Uh, but it's a seven-man enchantment that lets you cast the top spell of each opponent's uh card for free at the beginning of their upkeep. And then uh, a card that I forgot existed for a while, uh, but I believe was printed or er, was printed a while ago. But then uh, the first time I saw it was in. The four-color... From the four-color precons, cons um, Lurking Predators, which mm. is whenever an opponent casts oh, yeah. a spell, you can look at the top card of your library. Uh, if it's a creature, you can just put it into play, which for six mana just is insane uh, because your opponents generally cast a lot of spells. Uh, in the true spirit of a Maelstrom Wanderer-esque deck, I put Spelljack in here <laughs> um, because oh, no. after you counter the opponent's spell, you can take uh, that creature cast it for free from Exile. Uh, there are a couple other f- sort of fun counterspells in there, just because, you know, I know it's Julian after all, we got to have a few counterspells, uh, but if, we're, if we do that, we're going to make them these, like, five, <laughs> six mana, you know, very impactful <laughs> counterspells that sort of synergize with the deck. Um, plenty of ways to reanimate cards. Um, Rescue from the Underworld is just one I want to highlight. Uh, not only is it an... Uh, I-, I guess at first glance, looking at this card, it looks like just a... Overcosted like, Zombify, but part of the effect is that you get to sacrifice a creature and then bring that creature back from the Mm. battlefield, or from the graveyard as well, uh, potentially earning you another ETB, um, of course, Mm. possibly from your commander or the creature itself. Um, Rise of Dark Realms as a win condition and Finale of Devastation, which I always forget can get cards out of your graveyard in addition to out of your library, uh, which both of them are valid, uh, for as far as triggering the, uh, commander's uh thing
1: then didn't know that one <laughs> from there on out it did not never saw those links. Yeah <laughs> uh,
4: from there on out it's mostly stuff that I knew Julian would like uh, I I delved into a lot of Julian's old decks to find some uh spicy cards that were just strong um Archon of Cruelty uh being a, a recent one which I saw in Julian's Chromium deck for the first time uh Apex Devastator which just has four cascade uh, triggers on it. All Cascade is going to give you uh, triggers from the uh, uh, your commander and Graft Monstrosity, mm. Stormtide Leviathan, which I think is Julian's like you know Red Eyes Black Dragon signature card. Uh, <laughs> I'd say if he were in an anime, that would be his. Uh, He'd you be know, underrated, <laughs> underpowered. Yeah. And then um, last but not least, in in multicolor decks, I always like to put in uh, cards that. Contain all three colors, uh, and the cards Emergent Ultimatum and Villainous Wealth uh, we've seen before both happen to uh, be in the eye colors and synergize very well from with uh, this deck, allowing you to cast spells for free either from your library or an opponent's library. And Yarok the Desecrated, essentially another copy of Panharmonicon, which sort of fuels the uh, once again ETB uh, sort of theme for this deck.
3: Oh, don't forget a uh, um, Keru Lich Lord. Were you gonna jump into yes. that one? Because <laughs> I just yeah, read so through that, that. and That one's crazy with this.
4: Yeah, so that's a fun one I found. Kind of like a bulk rare from Cons, um, but it's three in Sultai for a zombie wizard. Um, that at the beginning of your upkeep, you can pay. You can essentially unearth a creature, uh, <laughs> any creature in your graveyard, uh, paying uh, two in a black. Um, and obviously that. You know, promotes the same reanimation synergy as any other card in this deck. But yeah, that that was cool. Fine,
3: but the the, um, the second one too, right? Because since you're unearthing it, exiled at the beginning of your next end step, um, it gets shuffled into your library.
4: Ah, yes, th- this is this is true. Uh, so <laughs> that's that's a good point. Actually, I, I totally missed that synergy Joe. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> I the, thought that was really I I sweet. Was in there.
3: I was like, yeah, you get it back, but you get it back for good.
4: <laughs> yeah, it, you get it back, and rather than it just like. Leaving the game, you can just, like, yeah, maybe I'll get that back later. You know, not bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I totally thought of that, and uh, that's absolutely the only reason I included this card.
0: Uh, Another sure. card where you have definitely <laughs> thought of the exile implications. Yep. Nezahal is an interesting include in this.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: Nezahal is,
0: um...
4: Nezahal is definitely... Now, wait a minute. <laughs> Three wait cards minute. go poof. <laughs> yep. Nezahal I... is, um...
0: You don't always have your commander out. Nezahal's there for those
4: this moments. This is true. Nezahal is absolutely. just... <laughs> Sometimes
1: you just want to go minus four. That's that's all I'm saying. Sometimes you want to go minus four.
4: Is a um is a Julian fun pick. Um, I, I love Nezzi. I know Julian loves Nezzi. Um, do it, love Nezzy. it does seem a bit asynchronous. Uh, but I think that synergy we just discovered with Carol Lichlord offsets it. Um, yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> enough uh, that I could justify keeping it in. <laughs>
0: fair enough, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> o- overall sick looking, looking deck
4: yeah like, this
1: is super join. cool thanks uh i mean yeah i agree this deck is uh freaking awesome um ah, so much system first, i guess first of all i really appreciate that you've just put in like a lot of my pet cards even some that i don't know if you knew like uh uh silent blade oni is a card i freaking love stormtide leviathan like might be in like my top favorite five favorite cards of all time just because it's so nostalgic for me um uh, Panharmonicon plus Yarok the Desecrated is like stuff that I would love to do except I would just be playing like way worse cards <laughs> uh so I appreciate that you've given me the the mythic rares that I need to truly uh establish my most dominant <laughs> form um also Titans Nest is a a very underrated card I think a card that has a lot of potential to be busted and holds a special place in my heart because this is the one of the first articles and the first video that we ever did the for, egg sugars, yeah um not even, not even the, hex the hex bro- crew yeah the brew crew, we're, crew. We're the brew crew. Yeah. against the or so, o- was I this uh, rev that. your
3: engines <laughs> back from yes, Macoria standard? Just, yeah, this oh, should have been. The, yeah.
1: yeah, if people go to our uh, our YouTube channel, I, I believe that is the very first video <laughs> um, recorded in my fucking parents' basement with like a shitty mic and like.
3: I think you were in like a a white T-shirt too. Oh yeah, no, I'm
1: sure I was dressed like a total bum. Like I would. I'm pretty sure I recorded it at, like, midnight or something. I was like, oh, it's just... We so were destined for life. greatness. I but, yeah, I, uh... I, I love the deck. I, it is exactly the power trip that I needed. Um, this is... I just... I don't physically think that I could bring myself to brew something like this. So I appreciate that you took took that uh, that burden off my shoulders. Yep. Um, <laughs> hey, yo, can you make another Maelstrom is... list?
2: <laughs> yeah! Push, 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 push. You want a custom <laughs> it's command? It's what he does. Can I put more
4: custom cards in? <laughs> <laughs> Whalestrom manderer <I think>,
1: uh, <laughs> the soul <Maybe>, version. <laughs> maybe that's what we do next time. Is we do a we do a custom color commander shifted. plus like a Ooh, couple yeah. custom cards, custom ninety nine. Oh, no, I just said no. I said custom commander, Jeff. Not oh, well, color shifted yeah. if someone's existing um, commander
3: would also be pretty cool. Oh, we yeah we could do that
1: too. And and uh, I also really appreciate the uh the the whole like oh we gotta ju- give Jules some counter spells. Let's make them all seven. Mana. <laughs> but like count count counter lash, um. Well, I have seen Spelljack, but Counterlash, and uh, I haven't seen In Desertions on a card that I've seen in a long time. But I do love those; they're, they're just like it's just me getting to play big, yeah. big bunguses on on That's, your that's turns, Oak basically.
3: remembering that he has to play against this deck, so he's like, hmm, <laughs> 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 unlimited power, right. but yeah, like yeah. we'll turn it back a notch. <laughs> yeah,
4: it's gotta be it's gotta be fun, it's okay. it's splashy. You know, mm. the the power yes, comes from yeah. the inherent power of the cards, not the uh,
3: synergy. Not the, I don't know. Two mana, busted. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, I, I, I guess the last thing I'd appreciate is the uh, the mana base for a three-colored mana base is uh, pretty pretty clean. Yep.
4: Oh, you got the, it, man. Also, the... Uh... That was easy. That was the easy <laughs> shit. I thought about putting some fetches in there, but, you know, yeah.
1: No, I don't need fetches. I gotta I give you something fetches. for your Not birthday, so... <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I to... Yeah, yeah. No, this, uh, this list is sick. All right, Julian, you want
3: to get to the most important deck of the night?
1: Hey. I do, You know, Chev, I do want to get to the most important deck of the night. As, it, as people might have guessed, it actually is for you. Um, there's a lot to say about this deck. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out where, where to begin. I guess I'll go with, uh, with Chev's prompts. So <laughs> Chev, as usual, uh, just loves hearing the sound of his own voice, or at least the sound of his own uh, fingers on the keyboard, uh, and gave me three potential options for the commander, and also three potential options that kind of correspond for the main deck, Um, I'm just going to tell you the first one, because that's the one I decided to go with. Uh, Adventure-focused. Think, like, Indiana Jones or an old-school explorer. I want someone that seeks to explore new lands and biomes, um, uh, lands mattering, going on quests, finding relics, etc. Uh, That really resonated with me, so I was like, okay, that's what I want to do, and this is... uh, a deck focused on the like venture and initiative, me- utilizing the dungeon mechanic essentially. Chev, um, you don't need to be surprised that the, the card is here. You can see what it does. But, <laughs> I didn't uh, read right. it. I was so I was let's, being talking uh, about. It's being good. Oh, okay. What? All right. Cool. Cool. Let's talk about Lannith Spelunker. <laughs> all right. White, white, Lannith. blue, green. <laughs> white, blue, green. I realized I didn't give him a creature type. He should be, like, human adventurer <laughs> or something. Uh... Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll, fi- I'll fix it. No, it's old school. We'll it's, it it's, it's, it's Just summon, <laughs> summon, summon, <legendary>, legend. summon <laughs> legends. Yeah, summon Laneth. It'll, it'll, it'll be fixed in post, yeah. <laughs> summon, yeah, exactly. Uh, he's a 2-4. He's a so, 3-mana 2-4. Um, legendary Landwalk. When Laneth enters or attacks, raid a tomb. Um... <laughs> This, oh, is, no. <laughs> this is this uh, is this is our new equivalent of uh, uh, take the initiative, venture into the dungeon, which we'll get in we'll get in, we'll get into. Um, also, whenever Laneth becomes the target of a spell or ability, you may pay red, black, oh. and exile Laneth. at the beginning of your next end step. Uh, at the beginning of the next end step, return to the battlefield under its owner's control. So this is technically a five color. <laughs> uh, I just didn't want it to be. I didn't want it to be Wooberg in the in the in the casting cost. I wanted it to come down a little early uh, or and the whole deck really is is very laneth centric because i wanted uh you to just be fucking zooming through the dungeons <laughs> um and i i uh <laughs> pretty much that that was that was the whole idea um and i actually even created a couple of custom custom dungeons over here as well <laughs> to go with you <laughs> So um, let's let's talk let's 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 get cheeky with these and these will help illuminate the game plan a little bit more. Um, I also named them after uh, Indiana Jones stuff. So our first one is the Lost Ark. Um, room number one is you get an emblem with whenever you adventure into the dungeon or take initiative, you can raid a two. Mm. Uh, we have cards in here that venture, um, take the initiative and stuff. And I was like, I want everything to be uh, being able to go yeah, through this, yeah. but it's obviously it's a specific new mechanic because we need to introduce new dungeons. Uh, then it splits into two paths. Uh, on the left, uh, room two, you can search your library for a land card, put it into your hand. Uh, then after that, you can search your library for an artifact card, put it into your hand. On the right, um, you guys can see all this, right? So yeah. you can see it's yeah, making yeah. sense. All right. It's going to be rough for the viewers. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll make we'll, card
3: conjurer copies. We'll, we'll include
1: them in the notes. Don't worry. I, I was going to say, that was another thing. I was, I was like, oh, I would love to make a proxy of this, and I was like... That is going to be an absolute mindfuck. It's actually not that bad.
3: I've, I've messed um, with it a little bit. Card Conjurer cool. um, does do custom dungeons. Another reason why it is the best piece of magic software of all time. Alright, bet. I gotta... Well, we all know that that was a Thanos snap from the universe, so I gotta get the, the git yeah. up and running
2: so I can do the thing. <laughs> we gotta get the Iron so Man that's, version. that's the left hand. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, so, so you... Laneth enters, essentially you get this emblem that mm-hmm. says, okay, now you can... You can essentially raid tombs at your leisure. Um, The left-hand track is going to be searching for a land and then searching for an artifact. This is uh, thematically, and another reason that I hope you like the deck, Chev, but also another reason that I'm conflicted about the deck is because a lot of it is very thematic, Mm. uh, which is why I was trying to make these dungeons kind of crazy so that we could actually have a bit of power level. But yeah, search (laughs) for any land, um, any land you want, Um, obviously exploring new realms, uh, going into tombs and stuff, and also searching for an artifact where we're getting that loot, we're getting those... The idols and stuff. On the other side, um, draw a card. You can put a land from your hand into play. Uh, you may sacrifice a permanent if you, return, if you do return target card from your graveyard to your hand. So some recursion in, in value and stuff. And then the final room, you come back down um, from both of those sides. Uh, each opponent who doesn't have... I, I don't have a cute name for it, so I just put insert dumb tomb name here. Uh, creates a legendary land token <laughs> called that. That has... Uh, you can tap to add a colorless. And whenever this land becomes tapped, you lose three life. So this is uh, enabling your legendary landwalk, so that Lannith can attack for free mm-hmm. and continue to trigger, um, continue to raid tombs. Uh, also, we can get cheeky uh, a little bit now that we have legendary landwalk because Blackblade Forge is in here, and <laughs> we're doing some ramping. So maybe you can get some Voltron kills going on or something. Uh, maybe, maybe you searched for uh, that off the the trigger, and also because we are technically ramping everyone, I wanted like some sort of ancient tomb effect. Once again, these numbers might need to be tweaked. I, I think that's something that maybe you and I should uh, work out as we as we continue past this. But, uh, you know, I wanted to get crazy with it. All right. Second 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 dungeon, Temple of Doom. Uh, first step, draw a card. If you've completed a dungeon, draw two <clears throat> cards instead. So, obviously, you can go into whatever dungeon you want when you're raiding tombs. But uh, I did foresee that it, w- it would be something more like you go through the Lost Ark, then you go to the Temple gotcha. of Doom. Um, and, like, kind of back and forth as opposed to... We saw in other formats, people would just kind of, like, speedrun one dungeon over again. I wanted there to be incentive to go to all of them. Um, Then after that, path splits into uh, three. So uh, on the left-hand side, you can go to each creature you don't control, and then after that, you can destroy each tapped creature, and you lose five life. On the far right-hand side, um, like, that's, like, the... Board control, uh, the far right hand side is like the player control, each opponent discards two cards, and then after that, each opponent's life total Damn. becomes the lowest life total amongst your opponents, and then the middle the middle path is the like the neutral path, uh, search library for a card with converted mana cost six or greater, which I'll get to, uh, and then for each of those legendary land tokens basically, uh, so it se- should be three, because each of your opponents should have one, um, but they shouldn't be getting any more. Um, its controller may pay three generic, and for each one who doesn't draw a card and gain two life. So, sort of like a Rhystic Study, Mystic Remora, sort of, tax, hmm. sort of thing. Okay, I'm gonna pause, because I just said a lot of stuff. But, that is, that is the general idea. Uh, remember, we we want landith to be venturing, and kind of the rest of the deck, a lot of that is synergistic and lore sort of things that feed into going through these dungeons and doing the thing.
3: Yeah, I mean, before we even go into the deck, this is... This is absolutely incredible, um, and especially because we're using I think the art of the Atlantis protagonist as the uh, yeah. the, <laughs> the art for Laneth. I knew this guy looked familiar. I know, so I found this I found
1: this on DeviantArt, but it it looks yeah it, Milo I, I, I think his like, name Why is this guy looked familiar. But yeah, it's, yeah.
2: it's for sure. Milo. I think it is yeah, Milo. Very this is um, yeah, very strong. Someone's OC Milo.
1: Yeah, thank you to uh R R Lux for
3: this rendition
1: and uh, like the um, the the, of, the
3: whole getting the the dungeons to work um, within it. These dungeons are definitely like the original Indiana Jones movies and absolutely cracked. Uh, I'm very <laughs> interested to see how these play because especially in design of you know regular dungeons, the th- they're very, very tempered since it's a, something that uh, you can't interact with in opponents venturing through the dungeon. They tend to have very small effects. So I'm very interested and excited to see what happens when you like step up the power level of one of these dungeons. And I like how each one has different... Uh, M- uh, incentives to go for it, right? Like the Lost Art gives you the emblem, so you can venture anywhere. Where the Temple of Doom gives you um, like tutor abilities or more control. Uh, and also, I I was originally thinking of talking a slight amount of shit for the the five color uh, aspect, how we have three up top, two on bottom. But I do really like the the red black for the whenever it becomes a target of a spell or ability, pay two and exile it. Um, it gives me big Norin the Wary vibes, who also kind of looks like an adventurer. Yeah. And kind of you're, you're dodging boulders or you're something's coming in your way and you're kind of avoiding that danger. Um, so I think that's that's a really cool way to kind of do it. And we don't see many people exploring asymmetrical five color. I think a lot of the time it's like you either have the five colors in the bottom and one up top or five up top, and etc. So this is like a cool sort of split between the two, I think, just from like a design standpoint.
1: Yeah, you got my thought process exactly. All, definitely got Nora and the Wary vibes, and also, um, yeah, really liked the idea of kind of, yeah, the the dodging out of the way, the, oh, we just barely made it over the Pit of Spikes, etc. Also, obviously, there was a mechanical consideration where I was just like, okay, if I'm going to do, like, a the dungeon deck, I'm going to need access to mm-hmm. all the colors. Um, so I thought that was a better way than making it uh, just cost Wooburg. So, anyway, uh, that's that. So the deck itself... Um, is another thing that happened. I, I was really trying to meld a bunch of different paths into this. Uh, you know, a combination of like those kind of sub quests, like you were saying, of like, oh, like find this legendary land that corresponds to whatever, find this legendary loot or whatever. Um, I put a, a reason why we have the uh, searcher library for uh, converted mana cost or higher. I put in uh, five just like big. Flashy, dumb motherfuckers uh, who are the dungeon bosses <laughs> of each dungeon, or you know, like a big, like oh, it's a reanimated golem, mm-hmm. or like blah blah blah. Oh, it's like a you know, it's the fucking serpent in the chamber of secrets. Uh, so we have uh, one for one for each of the colors: mm. Sepulchre Primordial, a uh, Magmatic Force Cyclone Summoner, Avengers Endicar, and Angel Serenity. So those are obviously all searchable. Force Cycle, the, another shrinker uh, callback. Temple of Doom. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Um, and then uh. I tried to have, like, one or two legendary lands of each color so that we could kind of, like, just very, very, very yeah. sub Um uh, There's a, a small legendary sub-theme just because we're dealing with legendary uh, artifacts and legendary lands. So we've got Captain Sisay, um, we've got uh, Eska, we've got Shannid, Sleeper Scourge. Um, Tome of Legends, Tyrate Sanctum—I mm, thought was also mm-hmm. a very cool thing because you can make uh, Laneth into a god, um, which is cool. Uh, where's the other one? And then we have a bunch of dungeon stuff as well. Um, notably, Chev and I—we discussed a secret door a couple weeks ago on the uh, House of <laughs> Commons. You got that there, baby. If if you got enough mana, you can just you can just start zooming. Secret start door one a
3: CEDH tournament. So it's. <laughs> That is, that is the end combo for yeah. that gretchen Titchwillow CPDH deck we've talked about from Puzzle Box. That is absolutely yeah. nutty. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's so funny. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, Secret Door, uh, Hama Pashar. Ruin Seeker, which uh, basically just says all of your dungeon rooms trigger, like double trigger. It's basically Panharmonicon for dungeons is, is nutty. Um, Thorough Investigation is super cool since we want to be attacking with... Lanth. um whenever you attack, you get to investigate. Whenever you sacrifice a clue, you get to venture. Uh, we also have Tamio's Journal in here, which is a legendary artifact that gives you clues. You can sacrifice them, which will trigger the investigation. Also, it just continues to allow you to search, as well as this is searchable off the, uh, the Lost Ark. Um, Hammer of Design is super cool, just because we have a, uh, the Black Blade Forge, so you can... Oh, wait. Shoot. Never mind. I, cu- I took out a couple of the mm-hmm. other equipments that I was debating... Um, but you can you can see the other stuff in the uh, considering board. There was some stuff that I was playing around with um, when I was doing like more legendary, uh, more legend focused, or more strictly like this is equipment. Uh, I was debating putting like the cauldra stuff in there, but I thought that was going to be a little mm-hmm. a little clunky. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's mostly the deck. Like I said, a lot of it is is lore. Um, we are playing a ton of just like generically acceptable cards since we are hoping that. Our main win con is going to be Lannith, you know, raiding tombs like Mm -hmm. nobody's business. Um, You know, I had got to put some uh, just some generic staples in there to make sure that we don't die. Um, But I I did try to choose ones that were once again sort of on theme, like Buried Ruin is great. Also just gets us artifacts back. Uh, Collective Voyage. um, Where's the other one? Uh, Tempt with Discovery. Remember the fallen, sequestered stash. Tried tried to get a little mm. cheeky with it, which I thought you might appreciate since you are you are you are the the commit to the bit <laughs> kind of guy. So uh, daring archaeologist, you know I'm tr- I'm, tr- I'm trying out here, but uh,
4: where's Quintorius?
1: <laughs> Quint, you know I didn't even think of. I don't think Quintorius has uh, that much synergy though, Because right? he cares so about things either. being exiled. Yeah. Whenever one or more cards leave your graveyard, uh, I mean, I'm you know. Depending on how, how Trev wants to take it, either focus more on just, like, Dungeon Turbo, mm. more sub sort of things. That's another thing, is I debated an alt-win-con, where basically, like, if you collected all the relics, you mm. won. And I thought that maybe that would have been... I don't know, alt-win-cons are always kind of hard right, to handle. Right, yeah, they, they, handle. they require a little again, testing.
3: No, I think, I think this is a, a... I think what this really does, and... Meaning it in, in the, the absolute best possible ways, there's a lot of different paths here, and it'll mm. be interesting to see like which ones mm. kind of come to the surface from play. So I think this is something and um you know, like the commander, um you you want to kind of explore it and see which ones kind of stick out. And I really like the the inclusion of all the legendary loot, because that was something I was kind of really thinking of. And even bled into, as we'll find Mm. out in a minute, some of the ideas I originally had for for Eric's card of, like, how do you make these cool, interesting ideas um, and lore, and and especially when you're, like, raiding tombs, how do you do that? And while I really love what you did with the creating, like, the remains of the tombs to the other people, um, in my head, all of you guys are going to be the dungeon, um, people exploring dungeons who didn't get there first. And so you're just left with the, the, the leftover shitty lands. Um, and then I just took all the loot. So I, I think this really plays into kind of those aspects. And then I really like the dungeon bosses as kind of these big, splashy characters. Um, and I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens to those dungeons when the deck gets tweaked a little bit. Um, if if the bit becomes 90% as opposed to 100%. But overall, I, I really like everything that I'm, I'm seeing here. Um, the Legendary Places, I know that was in my prompt as well, thinking of, like, I just really like seeing the, the locations that are, are powerful and mean a lot in Magic, and they don't get a lot of representation as, you know, legendaries, uh status, besides that new Mardu commander that I think is in here as well, Shanid. Um, so ju- just seeing all mm-hmm. this together is, is definitely what I was thinking with that sort of adventuring and putting it um, all in one place. And so I'm super excited to kind of try this out and especially see how it, it operates with those dungeons, so... Thank you, thank you so much, and especially with the the new cards coming at the end of 2023, uh, where Ixalan goes spelunking.
2: <laughs> oh baby!
3: Yeah,
1: I'll, we all know that Wizards stole my idea, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I I do I really this is something that I really hope can be a living deck because I I I don't I don't feel like I I found the right balance yet, and I I definitely want to uh, see how it plays out and also your your kind of takes on it as well, and. I just I have to say one more thing. You know I had to put Jolene the plunder queen in there for you, my guy. I saw that. You don't need listen, it's dangerous out there. You need some powerful allies. Like everyone's favorite goddess, Jolene.
4: Someone who punches through a glass window. <laughs>
0: she's she's plundering. Hey, sometimes the dungeon is, is the a- downtown metropolitan area, <laughs> and the guardian is the cops. <laughs>
1: Yep, there you go. That's a, that's
3: precisely. Right.
2: And uh, the oh, final
4: boss is the legal, <laughs> <laughs> legal It's American actually a speaking legal of system. the American. <laughs>
3: Lannith has been arrested for tax fraud. <laughs> he keeps writing off <laughs> these uh, these relics as you know heirlooms passed down in the family. <laughs> <laughs> he he wasn't actually adventuring; he was just on the run. He was like, "I gotta be anywhere
1: else." So like, oh, a temple Sounds in the jungle.
3: Great. Let's no, go! This is this is super cool. I'm I'm really excited to see how it plays out. Yeah.
0: Awesome! I really like the like historic well, showf- like vibes of oh, mm-hmm. this deck. Yeah. Where like anything that cared about the historic keyword would love this deck. I I didn't check every card in the deck, so I don't know if you. I think there was
3: like an like explorer. It's like daring explorers. Yeah,
0: daring archaeologist Yeah, there we go.
3: Yeah. Um but uh, oh
1: another thing chev you got to play the the alchemy versions of some oh experience. yeah
3: like the uh, the land Ah, oh, that that upset me so much the dungeons yeah. descent um i think they tweaked it on alchemy no longer comes in tapped and pay three and tap to tap and untap legendary creature you control it's been like no dude i think it's like tap i think it's like <laughs> tap
4: one yeah they really <laughs> they knocked that
3: one down they well that was when they tried to make dungeons a thing like they tried to make fetch popular yeah. um as an archetype and I don't think it worked, but
1: yeah, yeah we'll we we'll, 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 we'll... the alchemy ones because a couple we'll of these are
0: a couple <laughs> of these are abysmal. Um, but yeah, uh, like I don't think I need to remember what the card does. Uh, I think old or new Joda is like whenever you cast a sword spell, just like draw a card. Ooh, with like the number of artifacts in here, okay. and legendary things. I, I think that that would just go crazy.
4: That's um, that's new Joyra. New Joyra. I new Joda does something with legendaries though, so like, put that in here too.
0: (laughs) Joda and Joyra, I love them both as characters. They one of them's got to pick a new name. Yeah. I can't. Do this anymore. Joda the
3: Unifier, Wooberg, five, 5 Uh legendary creatures you control get plus +x plus +x where x is the number of legendary creatures you control and then whenever you cast a legendary spell from your hand, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a legendary non-land card with lesser mana value. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost.
4: Whew I's got to go in Julian's deck. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's uh that's 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 Ooh. certainly better than
0: draw. I uh you what? <laughs> Uh, I'll take it. Yeah, then I think uh, Joyra was the draw one. Mm,
2: mm-hmm. mm, mm.
0: But yeah, that sounds good too. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> uh, I, I, I love the way this deck panned out. and I, I think it's super cool. As you said, Julian, I, I think there's a lot of, or I think Chet maybe said this, there's a lot of like pathways this deck can go, mm-hmm. and this this commander's really open to interpretation, which I think is really good. I'm
3: I'm really excited to make the, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull uh, tomb. And I'm just gonna have it just pooping oh, out uh, skeleton, skeleton artifacts or skulls. <laughs>
2: <Just, laughs> Treated as food. the end of just make a treasure. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be as bad as the you movies. are now.
0: The
3: legal guardian of Shia LaBeouf. It's the final room.
2: <laughs> All right, Three to one, one. we got we we got
3: one right, deck Joe. left for the Bring us home. um. I'll I'll play into it a little bit uh, in case you guys don't know who this this uh, deck is for. I really appreciate how willing this person was to step outside of their comfort zone. You know they really took major leaps, and that was really um, evident in the prompts they gave, which were make it a god or a dragon, Timmy, <laughs> um, and have have the hey, commander hey. Um, impact the deck. Now there were a few other directions. Uh, we did we did get some spice. Uh, we wanted a little bit of mythology in here. Eric wanted it to not quite break the bank, hence why my deck comes in um, $100 cheaper than the cheapest other option. Uh, and also trying to do something new with non-creature Timmy. Uh, as we know, Eric likes big things that go boom-boom, um, so what if those weren't on the battlefield? Uh, that's a lot of different directions, so the the actual process of finding a commander that I think worked for this took many, many days uh, many notebooks and I can drop the uh, the two to three page design doc um, of like the various different iterations. At first it was a dragon that would um, like ransom the creatures in your graveyard and so it's come a, a big different way since then. Um, but I decided to really lean into the god aspect and mythology and I thought that was really cool and something that um, we don't see as much from Eric and the, the various different dragon decks that he has. So this kind of focuses on that, and then trying to do non-Timmy things, and and the final thing in the prompt was using impulse draw, so I was like, okay, you know, can we can we bring this into something? Uh, and I I think we just scroll right down to the card. Um, this is the Carrion Crow. It's two, a black and a red, for a legendary creature, bird demon god, um, with flying and menace. Whenever you cast a spell from exile, create a two-one black bird demon token with flying and ingest. Uh, And then each creature card in your graveyard has Scapple, one, a black, and a red. So there's a couple things going on here. The first one... Is this a throwback? The throwback is to when we did the redefining the uh, allied color pairs, which was one of Eric's uh, episodes and ideas that he um, suggested. And when I was going through those notes trying to find what is a fun way I can do impulse draw, there's a singular comment on that doc, and it has the the text for Scapple highlighted, and Eric saying, I love this. I was like, alright, this seems fair to include. Um, Scapple for those who who don't remember... <laughs> is uh, You pay the cost to exile a card from your graveyard, um, and then exile c- cards from the top of your library equal to that card's power. You may cast those cards this turn. I did take off the sorcery speed of the original iteration, so this version of Scapple is no sorcery requirement. It allows you to pay 3 mana to exile any creature from your graveyard, and exile the top cards of your library equal to its power, and then uh, play one this turn. So, obviously that kind of pairs well with the first ability, which is whenever you cast from exile, create a 2-1 black bird demon token. Um, and then everything in here is trying to be, the, the theme of this is really, like, top-heavy. So the the birds you make are 2-1s, the carrion crow themselves with flying and menace is a 5-3. Um, that kind of goes into the, the mythology aspect, which, since mythology and wanting kind of a lore was associated with um, Eric's prompt, I had to make some lore. So I wrote up uh, two pages of the history of the plane, again from the custom set. uh, I I set the the Scopple ability uh, was of these Plague Doctors, which were black and red aligned, 1800s kind of messing with dead bodies on a plane called Victoria, which was set in 1800s England. So to kind of build the the Carrion Crow character, uh, which is the kind of the the divine entity that uh, the the Morgara, which was the name of that black-red group, Kind of rely on. Um, I had to build out the entire history of the world, and so to put it to put it briefly, uh, there were five gods, each one set up with one of the the color pairs. The blue black Lord of Battle Okul uh, staged a coup with the green white Lord of Rule Kakabrus, uh, to put the other three gods, red green white blue and red black, uh, the Lord of Prophecy Carrion Crow behind like a veil, so they couldn't be they couldn't interact with their followers anymore. So what all of these followers are using the Scalpel ability for is to try and bring back the Crow God. Uh, but of course, it's black and red. It's going to take more than you really wanted to give it. And that's where that really, like, the 5-3 and the 2-1 come in. Uh, exiling cards off the top in a manner where you really can't use all the resources provided. Like, you're, you're running out of time. You're burning the candle at both ends. And I think that's really trying to be represented in this commander by kind of using resources before you really have access to them. Uh going back to the other page that has stuff. Um, and also, I really wanted to make this commander kind of, like, feel menacing. And I thought there's not much more menacing than crows that, like, fly about and eat the, <laughs> eat your opponent's deck kind of from the inside out. Uh, Ingest is that ability from Battles of Zendikar, which is when that creature deals combat damage. Exile the top card of your opponent's library face up. So we're doing a little bit of a mill kind of synergy here, not at a very a high rate, and it's only one card. It's not like ingest two or something like that. So these birds are just kind of pecking at your opponents and causing uh, real problems. Um, and then I, I also included this, this token um, of the bird demon, slightly influenced by when I was coming up with the final design for this card, outside my office at work, a crow brought a mouse into a tree and started eating it. And I was like, "Yeah, that seems pretty rough. Um, we're going to <laughs> we're going to include that in here." Um, and I, I think the, the last part <sighs> about the, the commander itself is we've seen a lot of exile being kind of the new hot thing with interesting commanders. This could, was first with Prosper, uh, one four same mana cost. Whenever you I think play a card from exile, it would create a treasure token, and then exiles cards. And we also saw it with um, Faldorn. Which is whenever you cast a spell from exile, create or play a card from exile, create a 2-2 wolf. And that was in red-green. So I wanted to do something a little different, especially since Eric was looking for um, uh, Impulse Draw. And so I thought creating these kind of 2-1s that were a little less resilient than the wolves, but kind of doing a little bit more uh, and creating a board presence without really requiring you to have a whole lot of creatures was a good sort of uh, middle ground. And especially because... While Prosper is kind of sit back and accumulate resources, the Carrion Crow is really like get out there and, and swing and kind of cause uh, mayhem and havoc. Um, kind of highlighting some cards as we go into the, the deck itself. The While a lot of the same tech can be from Prosper and Faldorn, um, you know, putting cards into exile, casting cards from exile, there are a few areas where Carrion Crow is really different. Uh, The Scopple ability, of course, which is completely homegrown. So that's, you know, exiling creatures from the yard and having them do an impulse trigger is going to be something we can kind of play with. The Crows themselves having that ingest ability and flying. Um, And then just being a sort of aggressive threat in black-red. For Scopple, the best card to represent how cool that can be is Death's Shadow. Um, Hasn't been talked about a lot, but for, you know, three mana, it's in your yard with a Power and Toughness 13, you can pay three mana to exile the top 13 cards of your library and pick something from that to play. Is that ridiculous? And you'll probably do more problems than you'll solve. Uh, yes, but that's why it's. I think it's fun for this. If you want something that's a little more technical and repeatable, a <laughs> Turtle Scourge and Squee the Immortal are your best lines. Um, three mana can be cast from exile is the key part. So you get them into your yard, you pay three mana, you're exiling the top three, this is a pretty decent rate, you can get some resources from that, but then you can just bring them back, and so you can keep that process going and kind of get through your deck. And if you were to build this in a more infinite mana kind of style, you could get through your entire deck to to whatever you need. Uh, For the Crows, of course, with that 2-1 ingest, we're going to be exiling cards from our opponent's libraries. There's a reason that that ability was kind of given to the Eldrazi, and it's because other Eldrazi take advantage of that. So things like... Um, Oblivion Sower, when it enters, you can exile the top four off an opponent's uh, library, but then you get to put all land cards they control in exile onto the field under your control. So you have your flock of birds, they're exiling off the top, and then you can kind of use that to your advantage and use their resources against them. There are some other Eldrazi from the set, like Wasteland Strangler and Processor Assault, which are okay. Uh, Wasteland Strangler, if you take a card an opponent owns in exile and put it back in their graveyard, you can give a creature minus three, minus three. Until end of turn, which is like, uh, fine, but it's not as cool. Um, (laughs) Lastly, we have the cards that kind of really want to make the Carrion Crow as powerful as possible. Because we are dealing with a Flying Menace 5 power. Um, That can get out of hand relatively quickly. So things like Cultist of the Absolute, which is the 1 mana background to give your creature plus 3, plus 3, and Death Touch... Yes, you have to sacrifice a creature every turn, but if you're impulsive enough, if you're playing enough cards, that's not going to be a problem. You're always going to have a crow around. And then you've got an uh, an 8-6 with flying menace and death touch. Uh, It's going to end the game pretty fast. And then there's other backgrounds too that care about casting cards from exile uh, or putting cards in exile to kind of benefit where um, the carrion crow is a little bit more difficult because they don't have a super easy ability to kind of... Reproduce, like Prosper, that puts a card into exile for you. You kind of have to use that Scopple or other cards. So anything you can do to kind of put more cards into exile to create more crows is going to make this really, really uh, dangerous.
0: Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know that you said that the prompt I gave initially seemed like it fell right within my wheelhouse, but I, I do feel like you really got the intended message, which was to leave my wheelhouse in a new way uh, because like I have gone and played other decks. Like the shrine deck was an enchantress deck. Mm -hmm. Um, I've played like some more like control based things, um, but like big Timmy plays are something that I find really satisfying, but haven't really done it with anything other than creatures at this point. Uh, So trying to find that new way out uh, and exploring non-creature based like Timmy plays I, I, I thought was really well executed in the carrying Crow uh, I like the aggressive stat line I really like the return of Scalpel uh Scalpel uh I, especially with things like uh Death Shadow and uh whatever the there's some Phyrexian creature that's like
4: Phyrexian one Dreadnought. Mi- yep, yeah, yeah. Dreadnought
0: Yep, Phyrexian Dreadnought just <laughs> ways to go crazy with this um and, and certainly, uh, you know, if you give it some of Black's mana generation tools, it can get up there and, you know, maybe all of a sudden it's not that crazy to be exiling top 13 of your deck. Because all you want to <laughs> do is go find uh, Torment of Hailfire or Soulfire Eruption or um... oh, yeah. oh, the... Fevered Suspicion is actually the card I saw when I was making this Secret Santa list. Where I was like, that would be a cool card to play. So, <laughs> fantastic that it found its way in here. Um, I, I really, really like this. Uh, especially like Mizix's Mastery is a really, really strong card in this deck. Where, you know, you, you get that Timmy vibe of drop 8 mana. A lot's going to happen, and it's going to be really bad. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Especially, there was a card in here. I don't remember where I saw it. Uh, uh, Passionate Archaeologist.
2: Hmm. Where it's whenever you cast
0: a spell from exile, this creature deals damage equal to that spell's mana value to target opponent. You know, Mizzix Mastery into a a big one of those. All of a sudden, a lot of people are going to die
1: um just as the crow exactly
0: i i think this is incredible and has like super strong potential as a deck that you know this definitely started out as a budget brew but can can get a lot stronger i love the inclusion of murderous rider and like adventures as a way to get that trigger of casting spells from exile uh which i i think i may explore a little bit more even to see if there are more fun adventures to throw in here
4: I was gonna say I think Fortel fills a similar niche. Mm. Uh, I saw Poison the Cup and especially Dream Devourer yeah. <laughs> in here.
2: <laughs> I think is a sweet yeah, addition. Love the boy. Dream Devourer is
4: just awesome card, and but the fact that it synergizes by making like all your cards that you like Fortel, you know, cast from exile. Uh, I think it's awesome. And the, the other like sort of broad statement I wanna say, besides the fact that I, I kinda wanna play this deck too. <laughs> not more than not more than the one I was given, mind you. But um <laughs> this this deck is sweet and I, I think um a very small thing you pointed out about like the top heaviness of the deck, I think that's a very cool, like, Rakdos thing specifically that uh they are all about. So uh, I like to see the, the commander and the tokens he makes, uh the <laughs>
3: Yeah, thanks. I uh, w- w- one um, exile yeah, okay. card I kind of want to call out too, uh, because I, I I think it's it's just like flew under the radar because it's in the um, new Capenna Commander decks. But Audacious Swap, a four mana instant with casualty two, owner of target non enchantment permanent shuffles it into their library, then exiles the top card of their oh. library. If it's a land, put it into the battlefield. Otherwise, oh. cast it without paying its mana cost. Um, something like this when you've got a bunch of two one uh, crows, casualty of course costs it cares about power. So you have a couple crows out. You can do this in an end step. Um, Sacrifice a crow to it for that casualty too. and Then you're probably creating at least two more um, from this spell and being able to play whatever you want uh, and just shuffle in. I'd be very surprised if this is ever played on an opponent's things um, and is more fun for you to kind of (laughs) use it on yourself. But there's all kinds of really just cheap and easy um, exile synergy like Experimental Synthesizer has also been making the rounds in PDH. Uh, one mana artifact, ETB, LTB, Exile, top card of your library, uh, and things like that. And then all of the creatures are hopefully either going to be a little top-heavy or care about um, Exile. So there's a bunch of things from, like, the Oscar deck, a bunch of things from um, the Faldorn deck, etc., etc.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love seeing some Chev classics in here in terms of, uh, you know, oh, fuck, I just saw the Douthy Voidwalker. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah card Tank. i see what feels like too frequently um <laughs> but, uh eternal scourge and squee I mean, were actually my first thoughts when i saw that scalpel ability again of oh cool infinite
2: resources
4: mm-hmm. <laughs> like to think squeeze just like oh uh, you can find anything guys <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> nope <laughs> uh. <laughs> Eric, uh,
1: let's not forget. There's some there's some Eric classics in here. Uh, I see Fraying line in there. I like that. I, I don't know it. that
0: we can call that a classic, but uh, it's it's certainly an Eric. Card. Oh, it's a classic.
1: It's a bonafide
2: classic. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, uh, I'm I'm excited to play this deck, and uh, you know, g- given where other people's decks ended up financially, uh, I'm I'm excited <laughs> to maybe work with you to give this deck uh, yeah. a bit of a revolution after uh, after a yeah, games.
1: I was gonna say to incredibly impressive what you have managed to not that this deck is like oh my god this is a 10 in terms of power level but like the fact that this is only 120 dollars and another thing is i'm looking at there's like a bunch of cards that are just like this is randomly seven dollars this is randomly nine dollars you know there's probably like five six cards that you could cut and find a essentially functional replacement yeah get this down so it it was it's
3: it's 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 creeping up there a little bit too i think some of the cards are spiking which is unfortunate um so so maybe that'll help but one of the early builds, too, there was a version of the god that, instead of give creating crows, uh, was indestructible. Um, kind of the classic, you know, Theros god. Except it's indestructible, or, or um, the Amonket god line of can't attack or block unless you cast a spell from exile this turn. So it was like a 6-3, mm-hmm. um, same mana cost, flying menace, etc. And that build had a lot of uh, utility with uh, sacrifice creatures, like... Um, we, we talked about a lot, but like Merciless Executioner and Fleshbag Marauder. And so all those things that were, you, you control your opponents, but then you can also get rid of them from the yard for three extra resources or something like that, and you can kind of build it controlly. Uh, I, I leaned away from that because it wasn't didn't feel very Timmy uh, when you're kind of mm. using that to bust down like methodically and then swing in with your commander over time. But the, I think there's certainly ways to kind of take it and lean more on the scoppel, Um or just play more impulse until you're really just out of all cards.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I definitely feel like there are gonna be some points where I scalpel and end up pitching like uh you know, Apex of Power, uh like uh Rousing Refrain and Soulfire Eruption. And I'm just like, okay, I, I I guess I didn't want any of those cards. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Just removing all the bricks, you
3: know? Nothing but to, uh, 34 lands of untapped gas. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yup, exactly. Maybe, yeah.
4: maybe it should be 33, because it looks like this deck has 101 in the main board right <laughs> yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, you,
3: you you might be right. Um, That was when I, I told myself I was going to go back and remove a card, but that's when I was like doing the write-up with Oblivion Sower today, and it was like, oh, this really needs to be in here to kind of explain that sort of land ability. <laughs> um, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm.
0: I've definitely had the same issue in uh, other decks where I was like, uh, like I should cut this card, but like it's in the write-up, so I'm not going to." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I really like it. I, I love the idea of stealing people's lands uh, it, after they're gone to exile. Uh, you know, whether I put them there, or they did. They're not using them, so I should. <laughs> yeah, I, I, love this deck, and I'm, I'm super excited to give this a try sometime.
3: Yeah, and Correct. I think um all of these two we uh one of our our Patreon rewards of course is to send out um custom tokens and cards. So obviously if you like any of the ones we've described with a little tweaking um and a, a uh, updated look, those those might be going out to you so sign
0: up soon. Well, gents. <coughs> <laughs> ah. What a good way um, to end the episode, uh, Julian. Should...
1: <laughs> yep. I agree. I agree. And a very Merry Holidays to all.
3: (laughs) And to all a good night.